Welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm 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 barely surviving. Yep. Well, <laughs> Brad, that's life. You're just you're just learning how to test your limits. Let's bring our low energy <laughs> to this to the masses. Yeah, it's what people want to hear. Everybody, hear me suffer. Um, welcome to Going Off Track. Today on the podcast, we have a old friend of ours, Dave Castillo. Uh, he plays in a band called Primitive Weapons. He plays in a band called White Widow's Pact, and he also books a venue in Brooklyn called St. Vitus Bar. Yeah. An um, iconic venue, I would call it. Yeah. It's becoming, it's becoming pretty iconic. Um, and uh, White Widow's Pact just released a new album called True Will, which you guys can check out. And I believe Primitive Weapons, I think they're writing or recording. I think they're going to have something out soon, too. But, uh, yeah, this is a pretty cool podcast. We talked a lot about Dave's bands. We also talked a lot about how he got into booking, how he booked that Secret Nirvana show at Vita, some of the legendary kind yeah, of... this is a good one. Yeah. This is a good podcast. Well, Dave, yeah. He's, he's, got, all, he's got stuff to talk about. He does have a lot to talk about. He's a good storyteller. Mm. Um, and he's always, he's always down to hang out. So if, if you ever go to Vitus and you see some dude with long hair walking around, that's probably him. I think that... White Widow's Pack just wrapped up a tour with Madball. Which, That's uh, pretty epic. Yeah. If you're interested, go back and listen to our, our podcast with Freddie. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was like two years ago. Yeah, probably at least two years Freddy ago. Freddie Madball. Freddie Madball, that was a really cool podcast. Um, but yeah, Dave's a super super awesome dude. And um, I feel like me and Brad have nothing else to say. So <laughs> let's just let Dave's high energy be a nice foil to our <laughs> monotone. Uh, I don't know what this is. What would you call this, Brad? I'd call this like two dudes hanging out in their private library. Yep. Yeah. The only thing missing is a nice scotch. I've got this coffee, but yeah, I could go for a scotch. You probably have scotch here. No, we don't. We have a lot of good whiskeys, but I don't think there's any scotch. Well, let's go check it out while you guys listen to Dave Castillo on Going Off Track. It's going off track! Dave Castillo. Mm. It's finally happening. We've been talking about this forever. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Usually at like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> Drunk at St. Vitus. I'm like, you gotta do the podcast. Like, nah, I'd love to, dude. I'd love to. <laughs> oh, would love it. I think this is actually the earliest in the day we've seen each other. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, this is like post Bongzilla hangover meditation. So, <laughs> so Bongzilla played Vitus last night. Mm hmm. Yeah. It was rad. So, what's you, do you have to, if there's a show, so if you guys don't know, Dave, uh, Things for Primitive Weapons, White Widow's Pack, and Book St. Vitus. True. And we've had on uh, Artie a couple times. Um, we've had on Skirty. Yeah. So you're finally like... My brethren. Your brethren. You need to have George on at some point. Yeah, must. But, uh, I mean, do you have to go booking St. Vitus? And we'll get into it. But do you have to go there kind of every night? Like, how often are you there? Um, I used to. Uh, when we were first starting, for sure, you know, because at that point, just kind of like anything else, you, you're setting, you're setting the whole thing up, you know, and so you really wanted to be there and go and stuff like that. But as 
And also, we weren't doing as many shows. Like, that kind right. of, over time, it ramped up, and now we do close to, you know, a show, a show every day. Um, so, with that, it's, like, kind of impossible, you know, at this point. Right, right. And also, we have just, like, better, uh, you know, our staff is absolutely excellent. We have good people in place and stuff like that. So, now it's more of, like, of course I go, but it's more, like, two, three times a week at night. But I work during the day all the time, you know, like talking to managers, agents, bands directly, promoters, etc. you know, like all the time. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, more up to if I actually, you know, have time or want to see something really badly or other things too. So it's good. I don't want to like ever burn out on it too much either, you know? Right. Sometimes I'll just take a week off of like actually going to a show, you know? Or I go and see something completely different that just interests me at a different space or something else sometimes if you get too locked in i think that you lose uh like inspiration from this great big city around you you know and there could be something somebody else is doing or you know just a great show across town and you know you can kind of put your mind at ease and just sort of see it you know and see it for what it is and sometimes that's just as important you know i see something cool and i'm like wow that band is fucking great tonight you know and then they end up playing the space or whatever you know right so yeah i think that stuff is equally as important you yeah know? totally i had to put when i was living in greenpoint i had to put a cap like i was like vitus three nights a week at the most <laughs> like i can't do more especially when jay was bartending i was like i can't just be in my apartment all day and then in this like dark room at, every night yeah yeah it's uh yeah i'm just like you know people like will ask me my interests i'm like drinking in really dark bars and then like sitting at home with on my computer yeah you know i mean that's basically what i do most days that's why i try and get out do stuff like this i try and take meetings during the day right just to get out and about and like with people like during the winter sometimes it gets bleak i'll be like jesus i've been in these two rooms between vitus and my house like for like three weeks straight and it's just insane so i'll try and like do stuff outside of it, you know? Yeah. I, I, you get dressed during, I just wear this robe I stole from mm -hmm. this hotel in Amsterdam. <laughs> I didn't steal it. It's a long story. I ended up with this robe and I was looking down at the other day and there's just like fucking stains. I was like, I just wear this thing all day, every day. Do yeah. you get dressed during the day? Uh, no, man. Most of the time when I'm, you know, doing my thing, uh, I'm, I'm just like, you know, hanging out in like some like, Kind of, I look like a straight edge hardcore kid from like you know 1993. I have like mesh shorts on and like a long sleeve. Yeah, I'm just like fucking ripping. Are you wearing construction gloves? Yeah, yeah, ex construction gloves, ex out ones. But yeah, that's like my that's like my standard issue. Yeah, unless I have to go somewhere, you know right, what I mean. Right. So I'm just hanging out most of the time. I work from my bed. Yeah, like literally, I'm like in bed, and then I kind of tried to stop doing that too because I was like. Uh, man, I'm just like literally there would be times where I would just be in bed working then I get delivery and Keep working and then my wife would find me in bed like as if I haven't moved since she left me except that I'm holding a computer Right, because she's the dean of a high school. Hi Marissa, <laughs> and uh, she leaves real, Like early in the morning, you know, so I'm usually sleeping by the time she goes out I try and wake up between like 9 30 and 10 a.m. And then I usually just look at my email and then start, you know? Yeah. So I would be like almost like untouched. I was like, what is this? I feel like I'm like John Lennon, you know, like 
revolution from my bed, you know, whatever. And I'm in that position too. Like she probably comes home and is like, fucking Dave hasn't done anything all day. And you're like, no, I was working all day. Like it just, look, I'm just in bed. It looks but- like shit though. <laughs> yeah. It really looks bad. Yeah. It, uh, it, I mean, yeah. if anyone really saw it, you'd be like, fuck this guy. Yeah, totally. But I'm doing stuff. Trust, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> was there was there a point sort of what you were saying earlier like it does seem like when Vitus started I remember there was what it's been like three years something like that uh it's gonna be five years next year brother yeah I know it kind of blows me away I keep so much of a track of that stuff because like my life is pretty much a calendar right you know so I'm looking at months and dates all the time and then uh yeah it kind of dawned on me like middle of this year we're like Five years feels significant, you know? Totally. So, like, as, a, like, a plateau. We haven't really celebrated, like, hey, it's our two-year anniversary or three-year anniversary, but for five, we're going to, we're working on something. Yeah, I'm sure, shit. dude. What, was there a point where you went from just shows a couple nights a week to, like, was it a conscious thing? Like, I want to do shows here pretty much every single night, or did it just kind of gradually kind of happen? Yeah, it was definitely an evolution. I think when, um, you know, Artie and George you know, started the space and stuff and they brought me on. Um, and the idea was obviously that, you know, this place was going to be a bar primarily. And then they put a stage in the back and they're like, we just want to have good shows. Right. And, uh, but then there's going to be like a bar and maybe there's some parties. We'll see how it kind of works. You know, is it shows all the time? They weren't sure yet. You know what I mean? Like they wanted to kind of sort of see how people, reacted to it and how you know what people kind of wanted out of it and they brought me on to just do the show part of it right so then i think over pretty quickly like within this first six months they saw that shows are really driving a lot of the business and that people were really responding to shows in that space and then they started wanting to play even though at that time being that far down in greenpoint seemed like you were in the middle of fucking right you know nowhere it was like us and the toxic avenger hanging out down there it was like nothing you know totally um but it started to gain some traction and you know we put it in a lot of work in order to try and get some good bands to play and then that started the ball really rolling more and more and more and then i was getting better and better stuff and then it just kept going and kept going whereas now it's like you know it's just seen as a venue more so you know even though the bar space is super comfortable and it's great to hang out in, um, you know, the main thing that we do is shows and we've like, you know, sort of seen that that's the way that this, this place works, you know? But it started very like organically. It wasn't necessarily, hey, we're going to be this thing, you know? Or, you know, we're going to open up and we're going to be, you know, this hard venue concept or something. That wasn't the case at all. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I also feel like it's, and then, like, just as a, being someone in a band who's played Vitus, like, it's, like, it kind of spoils you for other venues because it's, like, everyone there is cool. Like, it always sounds good. Like, I feel like you guys really take care of the bands. I mean, what what's kind of your yeah, background in sort of, like, what were you doing before this? Because I didn't really know you, I guess, before this. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Fuck. Um, let's see. I was drinking a lot, so. <laughs> uh, I bartended uh, at several different... Are you from Long Island? I'm from Long Island, okay. yeah. So I guess, you know... The way that I sort of explain it is that I've sort of been doing the same shit since I was 15, like up until now. It's a weird thing. I guess, you know, I've always, um, you know, I went to college, finished college, have a degree in philosophy somewhere, gaining dust over there. And then I also, um, 
like, you know, worked uh, in advertising briefly, doing like copywriting kind of stuff. And then I was always setting up and putting on hardcore shows and playing in bands and doing shit like that all throughout these other kind of endeavors. And then finally, I, you know, it was just like, fuck this. I'm, I'm going to bartend. I want to be a part of music. That was kind of, uh, I realized that there's, there's no getting away from that from me or it can't be like, uh, you know, hobby or something. Like right. I just need it more often. And it was the thing that I cared about really a lot that drove me more than other things, you know? Uh, cause I was pretty disinterested in anything else I tried to do as a job. I was like, that Harvey Pekar comic, The Quitter, I've, I quit so many things, you know? Um, so I was like 27, I was a bartender, and I just was throwing all these fucked up weird shows with my friend Fred at the time. And then Artie and George kind of approached me to do Vitus, and I was just like, if we can make this the thing, like the a, like a really like legit place, you know? like uh, Coney Island High or CBs or like one of those. So I saw it pretty right away with what they were trying to build. I was like, dude, this could be something, you know? So I quit like half of my shifts and took like one shift at Vitus and started booking it, you know, from like, for like nothing, pretty much. <laughs> that's and that's it. Yeah. So it's weird. I want to talk to you about the Nirvana thing. Oh, yeah. But I want to lead into that with... <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of my life talking about that. <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's you're just so like, sick of it, but No, it's, it's cool. It's it's just something that I've, like, very much accepted. Yeah. I got, like, the... What's the Nirvana The thing? 10, like, the, the elevator pitch version. I got the hanging out with family and really trying to explain it version. I, you well, know. I want to lead you, into this what question. What do you need, babe? I want to lead into, <laughs> I want to lead into this question by saying, you've. I'm sure people think you have a really cool job, but I would imagine... The most annoying part of your job is people being like, can you get me into this? Can you get me into this? It's brutal. I mean, I mean, when <laughs> Skirty was on here, he, we talked about that show and he was like, I just turned off my phone or something. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with it when you have like a big show there? And then I'm sure like the day of or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes I like don't give a fuck and I'll just be like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this until later. Sometimes it's just like, you know, if I'm busy that day, I'm running around, I get to what I can get to. You know, I used to really stress out, like, a lot more about it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, there are tickets, there are things going on here. I know there's a lot of, like, odd politics that happen. I just try and stay consistent and just, you know, be like, all right, cool, you know, I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people tend to be pretty cool about it, too. Like, it's not, like, some, like, hard ask, you know? Um, and stuff. And I think it's only like, I think that people realize that, uh, I do this all the fucking time and they try and respect that, especially like friends and stuff like that. Right. Unless it's something they're like super fucking stoked on. Maybe they save it. Right. Right. A bit, you know, and I, for that, uh, I'm forever appreciative, you know? Um, but yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, I'm like trying to do shit too, you know? Yeah, totally. So, that that's pretty much it, you know. But honestly, I would ha I would rather deal with that than not deal with it because right. at the end of the day, it means I'm doing something right. Yeah, no, know? that's a really good point. So I kind of try and keep those things in that perspective too, you know. It's like we're doing something cool, we're doing something special, or something, you know, that it's attracting interest. So that's awesome. But yeah, it is kind of like 
a more punishing part of the job for sure. You I'm know? sure. I mean, like, I even get, I get hit up about SNL tickets all the time. It's like, I wish I could get people in. Yeah. It's like, that's not even my gig. No, no. And I, I hear really weird stuff too about like friends of mine, like getting hit up about, I'm like, guys, they don't even, well, or people, they don't even work here. And people can be kind of ridiculous, you know? The reason we had you on the Whatever. podcast, Dave, is there's about 12 shows we want to ask you to <laughs> yeah. get us into. Just, you know, I don't know if you realize this, mostly, yeah, most I'm of Jonah's cornered. questions are based on his <laughs> seeking answers down the calendar. Himself, whether spiritual or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, he's, a, he's an operator, I can tell. The guy's got angles. Yeah. Oh, I play in the United Nations, man. How about your club? Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. So, what? I remember. <laughs> and and he and he made it clear that he offer he's not doesn't have anything to offer up. No. Does no. not have SNL. And a couple of microphones no, nothing and a computer in a dark nothing, room. Nothing in return, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how I ended up in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Only because of Brad. I don't know how I ended up here. Um Love Brad. Lots of flavor. <laughs> yes. Tons of flavor. Right. Uh why don't you tell the Nirvana story for Brad, who's probably the last person in Brooklyn to not know about this? Maybe Here's I'll give I, you the boilerplate version and then you can Is this drill a show deeper. that the fake the show that didn't happen? No, this is a show that did happen ish. So basically when they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at Barclays, it was like all the remaining members and they had different singers. It was like Kim Gordon sang uh, at the hall and I think right. also St. Vincent. St. Vincent, yeah. And then uh, Jay Maskis played with them or something? Uh, or I, don't, oh, I think he only did that at, at Vitus. Oh, okay. Joan Jett did that also. Okay. So then basically they set up a show at Vitus that was like pretty much their after party right. and then all those people played again. Like this dude just decided, oh yeah, like uh, it's a big night. I have like my whole family with me, my <laughs> pregnant wife and shit. And I'm like, yo. I'm going to go play like 20 Nirvana songs at like this fucking little dark hole in the end of the universe here in Greenpoint. But that's what happened. So basically they all came and played and it was like Joan Jett sang some songs, Jay Maskus sang some songs, Kim Gordon did, St. Vincent, and then uh, the dude from Deer Take John. And it was just like a drunken party, you know? But how does, how does something like that come together? Like, does Dave Grohl call you? Is it his manager? That's basically kind of the... Um, the 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 thing is, is like, think about this, right? It's like, David Grohl wants to do some shit. It's just like, it's like manna from heaven. It's like, it's going to happen, right? <laughs> it's just like, the like I'm, I'm, I'm rolling in, right? It can be made to happen. Yeah, exactly. It's like, basically, David Grohl wanted to throw a party that night, right? And so we're hanging out. And uh, so I get some vague emails from a friend of mine, Jay, over at uh, CAA. And it's like, oh, I got this party, you know, but he wouldn't really tell me what it was. It was like an 11 email exchange of like nothing. Right. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Could you please? He's like, no, like really like this party. I'm like, what do you, you don't even book parties. You book bands. What, right. What the fuck is this? Right. So finally he calls me and he's like, look, dude, under penalty of like death, this is what like is going on. I was like, oh, a party. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, all right, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it was like, you know, this thing. And, uh, yeah, and so basically, like, it was, I was like, wow, okay. But I was like, slim, slim chance, you know. They probably hit up like 30 other places, right. you know. So I was like, excited but very controlled. I've I've had like a lot of these experiences too. I've gotten great stuff, but sometimes, you know, other things leave too and, you're like, wow, okay, at least we got the phone call. Knows who we are. Great. Right. Artie calls me an hour later, 
and goes, yo, man, uh, what are you doing? And like, I'm like, Artie is like not the dude who's going to like be excited about like anything. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Unless I'm it's like, a new conspiracy theory. Yeah, exactly. Unless like, you know, it's like some Infowars, you know, mug set or something. So I was like, um, I was like Nirvana. And I was like, how'd you know? You know, and I was like, <laughs> someone called me too, you know? And he was like, holy shit. And I was like, dude, I talked to their tour manager. And that's when I thought, all right, this is getting real because it's like they got to us in two different ways. Right. You know? So I'm like, there's high interest. And then Artie uh, met up with the dude the day before, um, the next day, Artie and George did, kind of walked him around. He called Grohl and was like, we should do this here. And that was that, you know? And then we knew for a couple of days, but we're like sworn to secrecy, you know? Right. And it was a bit of a difficult thing. I don't like keeping secrets, really, like in my life. Uh, and I kind of have to do it nowadays because of sort of the nature of the job a little bit. Right. You know, when we do stuff like that or, you know, just other shows and stuff and like, you know, you can't blow the announced details on things or whatever, you know. But this is completely like this. Here's the list of 300 of my friends. <laughs> and like, this is what we're doing tonight, you know, and it's like and the guy has like a fucking army working for him. He had, like, four people to do every little thing. We didn't even run the venue. We just, like, partied. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, because he had, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, security, sound, video, I mean, shit, you know? Like, it was insane, you know, because he's, like, his own industry, pretty much, you know? So it was just, like, can't grow fucking, like, parachuting in and just taking (laughs) over the thing, which was kind of (laughs) sick. I just hung out, you know? But is he hung... Had he hung out there before? Because nah, man. Because it's just, weird. He seems to have this network of little like metal clubs all over the world that he like kind of frequents. Yeah, he, he really, uh, you know, it's not you know he's a genuine article, you know, and he was psyched on like Vitus, you know, being what it is and stuff, and he appreciated the vibe and everything. And we were talking about you know Virginia Doom bands and stuff that he was into and SST shit, and like it was cool, you know, and. Um, the thing that was really amazing about it though was just like there is like all these people in this room too even like the guest list is like clearly Dave Grohl's friends not mine you know? <laughs> right right but they were all, everyone was just like drunk and happy and like cool like you know it was like a kind of a big night like you have to think about the context of like they were just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame you know and so like straight up it was like his mom is like in a you know like nice pantsuit you know and like you know and and stuff she's a lovely woman too i really hung out with his mom and his wife more than anyone else i was like there's this pregnant lady over here and this older (laughs) woman and they're like in this vortex of rock and roll and suits and shit i'm gonna like kind of bring them over here so they can be comfortable to the basement or something which was very glamorous uh but <laughs> have you seen the, the basement time, it's 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 very glamorous yeah it's like uh, some soviet block like you know it's like soviet block era basement with like some carcass stickers and like lord Isaac graffiti <laughs> um but yeah it was so it was cool it was a great night you know and it was just something that you know uh i feel like it happened to us in a way but at the same time, you know, we are what we are. So it was kind of a cool thing. And later on, we kind of learned that a couple of people who work for him, especially this um, this one dude who works as kind of his main filming dude for his production company, actually plays 
in a company band with one of the guys from Clutch, and he played there before twice. Okay. And I think that also had like some influence and stuff. But we 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 didn't really like know, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I've that was a yeah fucking insane night. <laughs> I've seen some wild shows there. Uh, Descendants, Hot Water Music. That show was now the the girl thing was very much like a you know like it was like a party. It was very like a controlled vibe. The Descendants show probably shaved like six weeks off my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember because they were supposed to play outside and then yeah. it, like four drops of rain fell and they're like, show's canceled. <laughs> and you're like, what? I, um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the greatest time at that show uh-huh. because I really didn't experience it right. that much, to be honest. Like if you were um, in my position, you were watching like... People from like Sao Paulo cry in front of your venue, really, <laughs> because they couldn't get in. Because Riot Fest got canceled; it's just too many people. And then, literally, I'm in a cab going home, and Artie calls me, and he's like, "Dude, how order music's going to play here?" And uh, the Descendants are loading in too. I don't really know what's going to happen. And I was like, Jesus. "Holy shit!" But then the festival and other people like tweeted it out. So. I literally, I was about to go eat dinner with my wife, and I'm like, Marissa, I have to leave right now. And she's like, what are you talking about, you fucking asshole? <laughs> like, we had plans. I was like, the descendants are about to play St. Vitus. She's like, you got to go. <laughs> you know, like, you got to leave right now, you know? So I, I, I literally keep the cab waiting. I go upstairs, tell her this, come back in. We're, the cab's going down Manhattan Avenue towards the club. I literally, I'm passing people running. Like fucking like Prefontaine running down the fucking <laughs> Manhattan Avenue to the club. And I get there and literally the club is has 300 people in it already, which is insane. Uh, and there's like a thousand people outside. Right, and yeah. I was just like, holy fucking shit. Uh, dude, I got tickets for that. Mac- Remember when McCartney played Irving? Mm-hmm. I got, um, I heard about that. Like when it happened, I rolled up there. It was like no one was there. Like 10 a.m. when it went on sale. Yeah. Like really? that was nothing. Yeah. And like going to that Descendant show was like a thousand times crazier. It was just mania. And so I had to kind of like tell people to go home and shit. And it wasn't like the happiest vibe, right. you know, in that sort of way, like where I was. But when I did roll inside, it was fucking magic. Like when I could like stop and actually like enjoy it and just like look up there and they're playing like I'm the one and shit. <laughs> And, like, people are lose like, the entire bar. Like, people are in the bar, and everyone's just singing every word and just, like, drinking. Right. And they have such a kind of, like, an uplifting vibe, too. Like, yeah, yeah. And so catchy. But it's, like, it was just wild, you know? And I'm like, that guy was in Black Flag. Holy shit. <laughs> you know? And, like, it's, like, it was cool, you know? And the Hot Water guys are really, uh, them and Artie have, like, a long-standing relationship for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm the young one of the group, you know? I'm, like, right. 32. Artie's, like, in his early 40s, and so is George. So it's, like, there's a generational vibe there uh, with Vitus, you know? So that's kind of where it sort of started a little bit, too, because he kind of reached out to them and at the sort of at the beginning and then it turned into this whole fucking thing but yeah that it's was good that uh, it was hell of a night because, <laughs> yeah because i've definitely i've been to my share of those kind of secret shows and my generally generally now i i turn them down yeah. you know because it's like it's like you get there and it's just too fucking crowded and even if it's like people you know or playing or whatever yeah it's just too insane you know i i kind of like you know nowadays we take a I mean, we've learned from all these experiences, right? You know what I mean? Like, we'll always try and put tickets on sale and stuff like that and, like, and really try and make it so 
you know you're getting in or you know you're not right. before you get to the club, even if it's, you know, announced the day of or whatever have you. You know, like we did the for, uh, like, uh, Saves the Day. We did it for Against Me. We did it for, like, a bunch of bands. Like, and it was all last minute. Neurosis went I mean, up, like, the, the day before. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I want to respect the showgoer as much as possible. And also, when I go out there, if there is a line out there, I'm like, guys, I think about here is the people who are definitely getting in. Right. This is the maybe, this is the no hope. Right. And I just go out there and I break it down. I'm like, if you guys want to sit here and be warriors and wait, it's your Tuesday night, Saturday night, Wednesday night, whatever. But I'm going to let you know the vibe, you know? Because right. there's some people who are diehards who are just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm in. I'm in right, for two right, hours. Right. And maybe they play a song and maybe by that time some people clear out and I'm going to see if I can make it happen. Right. And there's some people who are like, um, I took like, a flyer on it if i got here early enough cool but you know what that's too much for me i'm gonna go eat you know a slice of pizza right. and i'm i'm fine you know so i try and communicate as much as possible early on and like you know just kind of let people know the vibe you know of like what's happening to respect their time at least you know totally. well you got to keep control because especially in those situations man it can get out of control it can get ugly dude and, and that's expectations are different than what is reality than like yeah it's the the thing that i'm like trying to be the most sensitive of when i'm doing you know uh shows just in general you know and we try and keep it as good as possible you know i mean there's always going to be complaints about this that or the other thing right you know, that's just like any business right. and also in the like yelp era of like I can tell people what I think. Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, do don't get <laughs> It's kind of like, uh, okay, you know? But generally, you know, we've been very lucky as far as, like, all of that stuff is concerned, you know? We do the best that we can, you know? We it also probably are, helps that you're on the, the fucking outskirts of Brooklyn, too. Yeah, totally. It, it I mean, if you were here, if that club was here in this neighborhood... Oh, uh, yeah. You know, It'd be you, a nightmare. You'd also have the cops breathing down your neck. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I also think that, you know, Williamsburg, though, like in this area here in North Williamsburg, um, there are a lot of loud, crazy businesses. So I also think that there's, like, you know, a lot of attention deflected in a lot of different areas, you know? Like, look at Music Hall or something. They're blasting it out every fucking night, you know? And But at the same time, it's like, what we do is, like, just a little more organic and a little more and smaller and like more locally kind of like vi right. has that vibe to it. And, uh, you know, we don't have like this huge crew like doing 15 million different things. Right. It's just like, you know, small skeleton crew of people. But doing do, it. do yeah. you have to be up on like, because I feel like some nights I would go there like when Jay was working Wednesdays, I'd be like, I'll go to the bar and like the some bands playing. I can't like read the font. Like I've never heard of them. And yeah. there'll be fucking people like going like it'll be just like so sold out and it's like oh this is some italian band that hasn't played over here in like eight years or something yeah yeah like how do you kind of know mom it yeah <laughs> or like even like i ran into like who did i run into the other day oh uh rafe and he was like we're playing some show with a bunch of like crazy black metal bands from, yeah like I, mean, I think mortuary drip and a few others how do you sort of like What's the logistics of getting these bands over, especially from foreign places? And like, it's hard, man. I mean, honestly, sometimes it's like they'll roll in for like a one off show and they'll just like kind of, you know, pretty much like, you know, just like play, you know what I mean? And like, a lot of times it's not necessarily my responsibility, it's a promoter's responsibility 
who's, you know, bringing them over and I just give right. them a date, you know, right, right. it's very different, you know, and sometimes it's like, yeah, full on, like we got like visas for a year. We're coming here to tour like twice, you know what I mean? Uh, so it really just depends, you know, on like the particular situation or, or whatever, you know, but you know, metal, I feel like there's so many like little hotbeds of metal, like all throughout the world. And, you know, people are so rabid about trying to find out. And I just think this is music in general, but definitely I think metal, hardcore and like punk kind of have like a certain voraciousness or finding newer or rarer or old things, you know, whatever that may be. It could be like an old band, like how like that whole death resurrection sort of happened, <laughs> yeah, you know, with, right. with Detroit and like. You know, that's like a record collector is going like, dude, this is like this incredible punk band or just even like something as, you know, I'm really into like, you know, raw punk from Japan. I'm really into like <laughs> Japanese grindcore, right. like fuck on the beach. And like, that's my thing, you know, and like that, that's like, sorry, that was a Colombian hand gesture <laughs> in my microphone. Just whoa. All right. But that you was that. like, if I do a brag, it's so mad. Yeah. Do that's cool. Don't touch the mic. So. Yeah, yeah. My bad. No, it's yeah. fine. You're, sorry. It's like, I'm already fucking shit up. But the, um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's part of it, you know? So I think that there's a lot of sort of almost like gamesmanship and like knowing about music and learning about it. So like, sometimes it's like importing like like if you got like a rare wine or some shit you know you're like i only got a couple bottles of this you know or it only comes around every so often and it's like that's what's up you know and so we kind of get that you know and it's pretty amazing because we don't have a fucking 2000 person club we have a 200 person club right. so or you know uh, 150 people or something you know it's not very big so in our way it's like we we just need like the the weirdos who are going to come out for this right. you know <laughs> and they'll and then people are going to come from like jersey or connecticut or there are people who've flown in from across the country to see some of these things because it's a rare like experience you know and it's really cool it's awesome you know and like i like that we're able to do that i like that we're able to kind of bring that and i think you know from a business perspective it's just as cool as doing anything else like a tour that comes through town but it also has like a certain cachet where it's like, you know, and it's New York, you know, so it's like, it, it, it's like we can bring people come from the surrounding areas, you know, right. going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, maybe not as much. Right. You know what I mean? But here it's like, okay, cool. We'll make a weekend of it. Right. Do, do go you, to New York, you know, sort of being, it's in, the advantage of being here, I guess. Being in that metal world though, do you ever have to, like when Paul was on from Black Anvil, we talked a lot about like their whole thing with like the blood. I mean, being in that world, do you ever have to be like, listen, you can't spray blood. You can't have pyro. Like I feel like some of these bands, it's kind of part of that. Yeah. I think we're, we try and be pretty loose about it because honestly, I want artists in general to express their themselves their point of views like what what they're trying to communicate through their art you know um the only thing that we're like you know overly concerned with is like you know just making sure like overall like safety you know what i mean right but, like there's not much honestly that i think really like ever comes close to that like as far as like from a production standpoint you know it's like the you can have a, a couple of candles on stage tops, right. you know right. what i mean but that's yeah. about like the only thing you know as from that perspective we try and like work with people to make you know we have a banging projector we have like you know we're always trying to make a visual aspect for them cool you know like as much as we can you know we don't have uh like lighting like you know music hall does or something like that but at the same time there's a lot of bands that they put the work in to make their stage show great 
and I can't believe like how it looks sometimes. I'm like, wow, these motherfuckers over here really transformed the spot. Like, right. like Carcass. Carcass made that place look almost unrecognizably like beautiful at the time. <laughs> um, we didn't really have like the, the lighting game down compared to what we have now. Right. And they, those, those guys, I mean, you know, you're coming in there, you're fucking Carcass, you fucking rip, you're like, yo, hardware piece. Like, we could just play you know that and like you know we could just do our thing we could just get up there and play and everyone would be fucking psyched right like the sans production right no problem these motherfuckers came in there at noon like what's up we need to get in you know and um their team was amazing set up a whole lighting rig patched into our lights put up more lights they were and, traveling with and, all this gear yeah they just like found a way to bring the big right. stage to the small stage as much as they humanly could. Right. And it just came off, like, incredible. <laughs> and it just showed us... I think it actually, for us, it showed us it was, like, possible right. in a lot of ways, you know? And that's something... Um, they strive to be the best, no matter what, still, you know? And also, like, you see them soundtrack, you're like, yo, that's Bill Steer. And it's like, <laughs> fucking the man, you know? But that aspect really impressed me. Like, right. I already knew that that was going to be cool. But their crew was amazing. They were really cool. I mean, it was just a phenomenal night. But that aspect, I was like, I can't believe how cool this looks right. and how much they put into that. And it was amazing. Yeah. So it's cool. For all you bands out there, you uh, take a cue from that, man. You know, I, I'm like, yeah, you know, put the work in, you know, because it, and everyone left blown away. Um, so I want to talk about what Widow's Pact. WWP. WWP. Yeah. Um, I want to ask one last Vitus question really yeah, quick sure, and then sure. get into it. Say you're listening to this podcast, you're in a band, you don't have a publicist, you yeah. don't have a manager, you're just shredding some overpriced space in Williamsburg. Yeah. What's the best way to get a gig at Vitus? Man, uh, you know, I'll be very honest. We get hit up so much, it's I'm sort sure. of difficult to always listen to like everything. Right. I really try. I try to listen to a lot, one human being, you know? Right. Already listen to stuff too. We'll kind of confer. We'll try and get uh, stuff happening. But honestly, I think, you know, obviously just email us. Cold would be like, hey, listen to this, you know? Um, don't ask to be like the opener on like, you know, some huge show, like right off the bat. Right. <laughs> but try and build a little bit, you know what I mean? I think that that's always like the case, you know? I'm always trying to put locals on that are already like, trying to get a little grind going you know have a couple of shows under their belt vitus is a mid-sized club right it's not a huge club and it's not a small club either there are other cool places that are smaller than us where you can start playing right and already start like getting a vibe going and you know getting some like attention and other things like that too and uh i would also say like record Thanks, like just record like Get me music, you know? Right. Uh, it means nothing to me if you're like, yo, we're a tech death band from, you know, fucking Ron Konkuma. That, that, okay. And, like, I need music. Right, right. So record something, record a great, the, your best representation of what you have, just so I can listen, you know what I mean? And then that'll be, that'll be, like, the first major steps, you know? And play some shows, you know? Like, Get and off then, your computer. Play some shows. Play some shows, man. Do, like, you know, start doing it. And then, like, Hopefully at that point too, you know, I'm going to notice names starting to pop up. I'm going right. to notice certain things and stuff. And like, 
I know who's out there and like putting in work and like trying to you know do stuff and I do it myself when I play in my you know in my bands it's like I'm gonna go play an ABC matinee you know and then I'm gonna go play at Vitus and I'm gonna try and do other stuff you know and it's like I know bands who are just like they're trying to be active and be like you know uh, a part of it in re- in reality and like you know it's not always gonna work but at the same time it's like I'm gonna start trying to pay attention you know right. so. And speaking of recording, WWP. Yeah. Just, you guys just finished a new album or just came out? Just came out October 16th, man. Yeah. yeah. True Will. True on Will. New Damage Records. Nice. And you guys, have you guys recorded here before? We did a, yeah, we I actually thought. did a thing for Metal Sucks and Converse here where we did like, a, we did an original song. That came out pretty cool. Um, and then we also did was that Was mo- Will here then? Was no, it, I don't think, no, no did it the was. the first one. Yeah, we did the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Putney wasn't in the vibe yet, but um, we also did a Nirvana cover too of Negative Creep oh, yeah? that we got in the back pocket, and nice. that came out really cool. Actually, I like it a lot. Yeah, I think we uh, the original is cool, and we still play it from time to time. There's some good stuff there, but I think there's a little like weird magic with the way that the Negative Creep cover came out because we just kind of like we had some extra time and it was just like something we were thinking about and it just kind of came out. You yeah, know? yeah. Sometimes that's the best shit, right? It's like, oh yeah, I've been listening to songs since I was like 13 and like, oh, how's it go again? And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Then Nick's like, yeah, we'll, we'll add this like extra, you know, we'll down tune it and add this little kind of like crowbariness to it or something. And we're like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's, let's just give it a go, you know, and if it's shit, whatever. But I thought it turned out pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys sort of have planned? I mean, obviously, like, you're... Yeah, um, I, we're playing ABC on the 14th really? with Genocide I, dude, Pact. I've never been to ABC still. Really? That's bullshit. I, I walk past all the time, and I'm always like, I need to go to this place. Yeah, go to a matinee, man. When it are you playing rules, uh, The 14th of okay. November. Um, it's my sister's birthday. Yeah, man. It, it's It's... You know, when people talk about, like, a punk rock institution, <laughs> ABC No Rio oh is God. the spot. I'm going to go. Infinite respect. <laughs> Infinite <laughs> fucking respect. You've never actually been in there? No, you? I've walked past it. My friend had, like, a going away party there, and I've just, every time, I, yeah, I just haven't done it. you got to do that. Man. It's awesome, man. Just peek your head. <laughs> yeah. So what, totally. time, what time is it? And it's all ages, and it's, like, yeah. I gotta go. really Fourteen. A cool vibe. It was the only place in Maine that, you know, well, I mean, it was the only all ages show spot in new york like in, in you know in the For 80s the and 90s time. like that's why all these iconic bands played there yeah because it was it's almost like choice. the gilman of like yeah, new york no, like, or something real. but like it has less of a club vibe and more of like community space vibe you know yeah and that i mean that's you know they had the books through bars program there they have a dark room in there they, they have a lot of cool stuff going on there in like you know kind of like a social activism kind of realm and i think a place like abc is like infinitely important Totally. You know? Oh totally. God, yeah. Like for like kids and shit, you know. I mean, I think we take it for granted that we could just go anywhere and do anything after you get past a certain age. You know, you don't think back, but it's like you know, I run a mid-sized club. Kids aren't really going to be going in there. It's like a more of a bar, really, right. as well. Right. Kids aren't going to be going in there all the time, too. And we are what we are over here, you know. But places like ABC and Silent Barn. Those places are vitally important for getting kids into like music and shit yeah. of all different sorts, you know? So to me, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll play there fucking forever. 
That's you know what awesome. I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, like it's great. Um, yeah, so we're doing that, and then we're playing a show at the Acheron with uh, All Pigs Must Die in December. I think that is December fifth, and then hopefully a small tour in January uh, that I kind of will yeah. be silent about <laughs> until we <laughs> see what what's happening. But yeah, so yeah, things are good, man. That's Just trying awesome, to do man. it. You know, and sight on just getting it out there, you know, it's like, oh, I've had it for a while, you know, and yeah, finally yeah. see the light of day, you know, start working on a new one for Christ's sakes. And then Primitive Weapons, I said, just played, but it's open, yeah, we open played with Torch. Crazy. Yeah, Torch. Yeah, which they're like the best band ever. Yeah. We fucking love them. I saw them. them. Who did they play with the last time they were at Vitus? I went to go see whoever opened for them. Was it Dirty Fences? It wasn't Dirty Fences. I know those dudes. Uh, it was someone else, like, really awesome. Was it Horrors, maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I, I'm i not connecting off the top of my yeah, head. But they, you know, they always play with fun bands. Yeah, they played and, with someone I really liked. And then I stuck around for Torch, and I was like, oh, wow, these guys are really good, too. Yeah, dude, they're, they're amazing. I think they're um, one of the best bands out, period. And, like, I don't think that anyone really does what they do. And I think that people... You know, Meanderthal that record really i think like propelled them into more of a consciousness i mean these guys have been doing this kind of shit forever floor and cavity and like they're all coming from this sort of like doomy sludgy background but steve can really just sing his ass off i mean that guy like loves like gotta buy voices and like he loves melody you know yeah and to have this heaviness with this melody but it's not some like bullshit you know it's not some like really like whiny bullshit is like fucking fantastic and it's just such a different way of approaching it or it's a very signature way of approaching it where it's like it's the torch thing that's their thing right and to me they should be like just revered i think they're like a fucking that whole vibe that whole scene is like a national treasure well, here's what I want to see happen to Vitus. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> CEO Jonas, fucking <laughs> let me know what's You've up. You've seen a lot happen at Vitus. I've seen a lot of amazing things happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one thing I want to see. Cleveland Hardcore Fest. Oh, man. Here I we want, go. I want to get in tag there. Yeah. And oh, I, well, sure. Dwid, talk to me, babe. Dwid. And they, they played, I guess they did a set in Cleveland. I know they played that Baltimore thing. Yeah, they do a 389, yeah. like a bunch down there. They right do now. that. But Ringworm, who I've seen at Vitus like a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, man. Awesome dudes. We Actually, White Widow's Patches went out with Ringworm for a bit. Oh, yeah. And I uh, love those guys. Great fucking band. The Promise. I mean, yeah. one of my favorite hardcore records. Um, OLC. Yeah, man. Let's to get all the Clevo <laughs> confront. Yeah, Jesus. Get all the Clevo inmates. classic. Yeah, inmates. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like a riot. Dude. Yeah, there could be a riot. Yeah, I mean that would be very like a riot. That would be very there's, Cleveland. There's a lot of tension. A lot of tension between Cleveland and New York. Right. I know, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like you know, I think that's dissipated. We're a lot all adults now. Like I can't yeah. even I remember growing up in Cleveland and like people be like, We can't play New York. Like we can't and yeah. I like was always like and there's always, always shit too, even like with like Syracuse and, and you know, certain bands right. from New York City. And like there was always like weird beats. Totally. Like all the time, you know? And like you'd hear about that shit just like happening, you know? And like the specter of certain like, you know, like, like scene, like politic kind of stuff, you know? And it's still present ish, 
Right. You know, for sure. You know, I'm but, sure like, too. But I feel like everyone kind of gets older and then you're like, wait, why do we not like these people again? Like, yeah, for sure. I think that they're, well, I just, there's a, a bunch of different things. I think one is like hardcore and a lot of these are like youth movements, you know, and I think when you're younger too, there's like a certain radicalism in like your point of view, which is, right. It's, I think it's good. But at the same time, I also think that that can close you off to other things. And also when you're young, you don't really like the gray area exists less. And as you get older, you see the gray area and like how things could pull people different ways. And I feel like you just become a little more worldly in that sort of sense of understanding kind of different points of view and, and meeting different people and, you know, just going through experience and stuff. So maybe it kind of like dulls that a bit in a certain way, but at the same time, maybe also like sharpens it too. So it really just depends. But, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I personally like when people kind of roll up and like, are like, I'm about this and that's cool, you know? Right. But I think that there's a, there's a certain way to go about it too, you know? And sometimes there, it can be confrontational, sometimes not, but I think a little bit of that is good. You know, there's no band that like you really love or I really love or whatever. That's just been kind of like, kumbaya vibe in like <laughs> in, in all of this you know in all yeah, of this this is what, what this music's sort of about right whether it be social justice stuff or really like personal kind of like you know demon kind of vibe or whatever people are writing about and are expressing but there's a certain immediacy to it that i think really is what why people respond to this kind of music you know and it has to be kind of unedited it has to be kind of unfiltered to a, you know, to a point, you know, um, and sometimes, you know, that'll get you in trouble though. You know what I mean? If you, you know, there'd be people who are not going to be excited about what you have to say, but sometimes that's all right. You know, like there's plenty of people who weren't excited about bikini kill when it first happened. Right. Right. right totally. But fuck, I, I, I kind of love it, you know, and I, or I definitely do, you know, and I love the, the challenge, you know, there's like a, there's a strong challenge there that was like provided and i think that that's really like important you know and like you have to question things you know is that particular point of view always right i'm not really sure you know what i mean or whatever that's a debate for another time you know uh i personally consider myself a feminist i love what that whole group of bands did though injected a completely radical different point of view really shook shit up made it fucking kind of interesting a little bit of sizzle you know and I think that that's important. I think that's cool. And I think that at the best and highest points of like punk metal and hardcore, it all comes out in that way. And sometimes it's something like really fucking vile, like Cannibal Corpse. It's like, this is fucking disgusting. Are these guys for real? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's so like out of control. It's like, it's like watching like the best horror movie, you know? Right. And um, yeah, it's like, it, it's, you know, but also, you know, there's going to be like, you know, a whole that also comes with its whole set of like you know fuck these guys or fuck those guys you know for completely different <laughs> reasons but at the same time it's like that sizzle that kind of like oh all right cool but people either love or hate these motherfuckers right. whoever they are for a particular reason those bands i think tend to be the best bands it's the love or the hate you need one or the yeah, other yeah 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 <laughs> if everybody likes you or or feels indifferently about you you, you suck <laughs> exactly it's just that's that's it you know what i mean you're just kind of like oh all right well okay cool you know but that's sort of the thing i think that right now 
unfortunately, I think with the internet though, it's a lot very like revisionist in a lot of ways. It's like, oh man, I'm really like into this, and now I found out all about it, and like I know, like almost like I, I'm like a st- historian, and then I can like you know buy some punk clothes, and then I like <clears throat> you know I know how to be it. It's traditional. And there's something, you know, and there's like real canonical bands in hardcore and metal and punk now that are like very revered and look, looked up to, you know? All of these people, when they were doing this stuff, had no fucking clue what they were doing. They were just kind of fo- following their nose a bit, you know? Right. And I think that people As need to do that to still. emulating somebody else, you mean? Yeah, yeah. They were just kind of like being a freak. Right. So they created... Well, yeah. with every genre, though, there's the create the, sort of the creationists, you know? Yeah, yeah. Always, then, you know? But like, tell me that like David Yao was really like, you know, I'm going to be David Yao in yeah. a way, you know? <laughs> the guy's almost like a paradigm or Henry Rollins or something, right. you know? Or Kathleen Hanna or something like... And I, I, it's a very special thing, you know? And I do think that there are artists now who are really pushing the envelope and doing great shit, you know? Like, you look at, like, Hankwood and the Hammerheads or, like, you know, Lotion or, you know, some of these punk bands around here are just, like, totally fucked and just doing their own shit. And it's, like, really amazing. And then there's certain metal bands from also from around here that are just really following just their own trip, you know what I mean? It's, like, who is doing, like, a you know, Russian circles kind of thing or, you know, uh, tombs. It's like are adding all these industrial elements to their vibe now. And it's just going deeper and further and harder and crazier and more. But the sound <laughs> is just so more, so much more expansive. Tombs is such a great band, but it's like, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate people who are just following their own nose a little bit too. It's yeah. Except, you know, I mean, what rock and roll, Electric guitar music was invented in the 50s, and the longer, the further we get from that, the less and less you're going to be able to do with a guitar to be sure truly innovative, you know? like Yeah, I think a lot of it is also, like, context, too, you know? Like, uh, how, like, in in the particular climate and the times, you know? Like, Ronald Reagan was almost, like, very, <laughs> yeah, like very, impo- very important for hardcore, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. I just, you know, what's really kind of interesting to me is, like, it's interesting, though, because I feel like some of those, or at least, like, there are a lot of uh, interesting bands now. I think feel for a while, like, it was cool to sort of be, like, agnostic about, like, politics and things like that. It was, like, very much, like, personal writing in a lot of, a lot of different music, you know? And, like, a lot of metal music and stuff, I think, tends to come from that place, you know? There's not, like, tons of, like, super politically motivated metal bands, but there are a lot of hardcore and punk bands that are, you right. know, or whatever. Um, and I think metal has always had a little bit more of like a shock vibe, you know, it comes from like, almost like a place of like Alice Cooper, like glam and like things like that, where it was like, but is it more, I think maybe like that it's more personal in a way. Yeah. And I think that that's great. And it has like a whole thing there, but I feel like in punk and hardcore, it was a little bit devoid of that element for a bit. Yeah. And I think that now... Uh, there's just like a lot of new bands kind of rising up there, like have strong feminist leanings, have strong certain leanings towards a lot of different, uh, you know, kind of more like social issue kind of stuff. It's really interesting to see kind of that mantle sort of like that I thought was dormant for a little bit being like kind of taken up a little bit more right. and in a stronger way. It's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember going to shows and there'd be like, why vegan on the table? Totally. Like certain things. And it felt more than 
just uh, there was like all these points of view swirling around that were kind of interesting and worth talking about that were cultural to to the music right particularly like you know you go to a fucking earth crisis show you're gonna run into str- straight edge people i never knew what the fuck that was growing up on long island right. you know and like being just like a little kid you know or what a vegetarian was or whatever i learned all that shit from punk and hardcore right. and stuff you know so it's interesting i think that kind of vibe is sort of coming back and i think that's what builds ties you know there is a lifestyle element to it in a way you know well it becomes bigger than just going out and getting fucked up and playing music like, yeah it's, totally which yeah i think is important yeah i learned so much different stuff for me and like you know los crudos like liner notes and totally. stuff like that you know and that's just way different that's like development of like a person you know what i mean in this different way and i think that that's why people have such a strong connection to like a lot of, a lot of that sort of stuff it's like got a crass record one day like what the fuck is this you know <laughs> like okay you know and uh it made you think it made you think outside of yeah like for me my little like you know suburban town and like what the fuck's going on you know so i think that that's really interesting and it's like a, new, a newer shift towards some of that. Now, you know, yeah, and I think there's a lot of tension because of that, too. There can be, you know? There's, like, all this sort of stuff, you know? People, you know, and then there's a band over here that, you know, has maybe a more, you know, what we're saying, a personal vibe and says something that might be a little bit off-color, and then there's, like, there's beef, you know? Right. And then that's, like, that's something that's really interesting, and in music is, like, a very difficult thing to sort of reconcile, you know? It's it's but it's like a lifelong problem. It's like if it goes so much beyond music, you know, it's like a philosophical problem that's been for hundreds of years. It's like you want freedom, but you also want to not have like uh you know, kind of like the the worst elements either. You know what I mean? Right. So you're trying to sort of always reconcile these things between like freedom and also having like uh almost like the harm principle, like the greatest good for the most amount of people and that kind of has always been like this fucking war you know and it kind of plays out in music in like this really interesting way that i think people don't even realize you know and then sometimes it'd be like no but this is like fantasy i'm not really like this you know what i mean and like music gets so harshly judged as an art form because i think it happens in real time you go and see a painting and you're not like or you go see like Inglorious Bastards or something. You're not like that guy who made that film. That's the Nazi motherfucker right there. Right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, but you know, there are bands who'll use like imagery that's kind of like risque and stuff like that. And a lot of them are trying to get a rise out of people too. Remember, like, you know, every early punk band was wearing swastikas, like right. to totally, left totally. and right. You know, <laughs> no one's running up to like you know John Lydon and being like, you know, you're fucking nazi you know but so it's it's the contexts are so different and they change and you know and uh you know meanwhile this guy's listen has more reggae records than probably anybody on earth and is hanging out with jaw wobble but whatever so you know i i digress but the the point is is just like it's a really interesting thing too because it's like you kind of want to have you want that freedom what's fantasy versus not you know what I mean? What's right. like, and I think there should be room for exploring those things. If you're making dark music, it's gonna be dark. You're about the darker side of life. This is this is not happy shit. This is fucked up shit. Fucked up shit happens all the time, and this is what this is about a lot of the times. So the realities are fucking harsh. 
the realities of this world are fucking dark and you have to be able to i think explore that in some way but then there is like this push and pull and it's fucking i mean it's crazy me, it's it's a really uh, in, like intense thing sometimes for me when i'm booking bands you know i take these things into consideration a bit and not you know um and it's a weird thing i don't have like the answers you know at all i'm just like this is i feel <laughs> like things that happen you know totally. but a band like i mean we were talking when you were talking about carcass before like to me a band like that is more about art like you know what I mean? Like fine art than it is about what traditionally music was probably used for. Yeah. You know, I, like I agree. They're like, in, in a sense, they're performance art, you know? Yeah. And like, that's why they have this controlled environment that they bring with them. And, 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 and that's why they have this extreme so... message. That's, that's like, nobody can really, really, really feel that way. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exaggeration of, of, of thing of feelings, which is what art is supposed to be. That's what a painting is supposed to be is an exaggeration of, of an emotion or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you see like, you know, all these people on stage, you think that they're like that at home, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's usually like, you know, when I play, I'm like running around yelling my ass off and stuff like that. I'm like here drinking coffee with you guys. Like, you know, that helps me get through the rest of the stuff. You know what right, I mean? Right, So I'm not over here trying to yell at everyone that frustrates me or what have you or whatever. Or like tell you about my deepest fears and stuff like that. You know, this is where those feelings kind of really reside for me at least, you know. And right. I think a lot of artists that's they that they, that's their the avenue you know sometimes the avenue ain't fucking it's not a pretty street to drive down you know <laughs> and that's most of the music i fucking like right, right. <laughs> this is what i do you know and like and that's sort of the thing and you know it's really interesting what certain people will accept and not you know and there's a lot of like you know hypocrisy and stuff like that evolved in it too you know what i mean or like you know you're looking at this and you're not looking at that people can't look at everything all the time you know and it's 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 very difficult, you know, but at the same time, I kind of invite the struggle of it as opposed to no one just looking or caring right. at all either. You know, I think it, there's some of them are important conversations to have. I just wish there would be more conversations and people like yelling at each other in all caps, like in some asinine internet. Well, that, totally, but that yeah. could, that's unfortunately what it, it devolves into. I, you know? I got to roll out. But last question for Dave. Everyone's sure. wondering this. How do you keep your hair so silky? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I actually use a lot of uh, John LaFrieda frizzies. Uh, that's a plug for John. John, hit boy. us up. Let's get some, let's get some sponsors. Send some to Dave. Sponsor us. I, dude, I go ad. through a ton of that shit, um, and it's incredible. Uh, so, yeah, John LaFrieda's got me hooked <laughs> up, man. That's my secret. I'm, I'll let everybody know. Hey, Dave, Dave bringing Castillo, it to you, taking it to your face. I feel like Vitus is definitely, it's going to be, it's one of those places that in 10 years, well, it'll probably still be around, but at some point when it's not around anymore, people are going to look back and go, remember, remember Vitus in the teens? Yeah. In the 20 teens, like that was a place, man. That was a time. There's going to be a lot of people that feel very connected to it you know i feel like green point will be like so fancy and people like, there was a venue a metal venue here <laughs> like by all these high rises like yeah 
Yeah, it will be. I mean, everything is, but they've got to get the transportation sorted. There's no trains there, man. Yeah, that's true. But I guess they'll do that. I don't think they can. I read some article about how they can't really do any, like they can't even add more trains to the G train. You know, it's so short. Oh, interesting. I just, I I really hope that they get more ferries, man. That's what I'm down for. Yeah. Because I'm surprised they can't just build another bridge or something, too, because it's really not that far. Right. Yeah, they could probably... The bridges are expensive, dude. Also, you got to realize they take up a shit ton of real estate on either side of the bridge. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's, really, that's a tough one. Yeah. Maybe a tube. <laughs> <laughs> Can we come up... Should we... Let's just sit here and talk about this until we solve it. I think... <laughs> I think no. Let's do like that Elon Musky tube thing. Yeah, our f- I want more ferry stops. All the ferry stops are on the Brooklyn side. You know, I want a yeah. ferry stop. They're supposed to put one. They keep talking about putting one at Grand Street, which would be right at the bottom of my building, and that would be awesome, man. I could take the ferry over to. There's so much cool shit on the Brooklyn waterfront now. You yeah, know? like the Navy Yard, all the parks they're putting in. That's true. When I lived in Greenpoint, there was a ferry at the end of my street, India yeah. Street. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. I never wrote it. I wrote it, like, once. They're not cheap. That's the problem, like... They're pretty cheap. I mean, like, it's not cheap. I think it's, like, three bucks or something. Oh, I thought it was more than that. No. Maybe. I mean, yeah. if you're... I, my roommate, when I lived in Williamsburg, took it, she took it to work every day. Her work paid Maybe for it. Maybe it's, like, more with a bike or something. They charge for bikes? I don't think so. Huh. Last time I took the ferry... Maybe I'm just a cheapskate. Last time I took the um, ferry, I was on Mushrooms. Nice. Did you get off? <laughs> I uh, I just no. I just I me and my friend just rode it that's like a, for like brilliant. a full loop around. It was amazing. That's definitely sounds like a good way to uh, yeah, like spend a trip. Sun was setting. Like it was really beautiful. It's like a cheap boat ride. Yeah. So I'd recommend doing that. Um, Taking mushrooms and riding the ferry. You think they know? No. The guys like. Are these fucking guys going to get off? I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> no, don't know. no one cares, man. It's a very, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's very fine. loving. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend anyone do any Ill- illegal drugs ever. Are mushrooms illegal? Yes. Definitely. It's weird. How do you make something illegal that fucking grows naturally on the planet? Like, how does that work? There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Weed. DMT, weed. Um... Wait. A lot of psychedelics are plant derivatives. Like, and peyote, that's just yeah. a... Cactus. But is that illegal? Is peyote illegal? Definitely. So if you got caught with peyote here in New York... It's probably like a Schedule 1 drug. Like, yeah. Substance. Yeah, that's I think really you'd be in a lot of trouble. Seems pretty... Although apparently <clears throat> you can get caught with weed in New York and it's not a really a big deal anymore. Like, I, th- I think you just get, like, a ticket, or I think if it's under, like, an ounce or something. I don't know why I'm talking about this, because I don't totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we're, but, we're, but, we're talking a lot of shit here at the yeah, end of this Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard that it's not that big of a deal anymore. Whereas I think, like, you know, like, five or ten years ago, if you right. got caught with it, it would be much more of a serious penalty. All right, let's wrap this. <laughs> Just, we just lost. We just lost. What's his name? The guy that listens till the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one guy is like, what? what is this talking about? They're like talking about drug laws, but they don't really know them. We had such a great podcast here. We did, Dave and we we just trailed off into.
the ether. Yes. All right. Let's bring it back by saying thank you to Dave Castillo for coming by. Go check out a show at St. Vitus. Check out their calendar. They have shows literally every night. Um, they have a cool karaoke night there. They have like art shows, flea markets. Check out their calendar. It's super easy. Goingofftrack.com? Uh, check out goingofftrack.com. Donate online. Leave us a review on iTunes. Check out the new White Widows Pact album. Keep an eye out for Primitive Weapons. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.